Hello and welcome to another Beyond Brexit podcast. I'm Emily Kahn. With recent developments leaving many businesses feeling more uncertain than ever on the path ahead, the focus of today's discussion will be on answering some of the questions we're hearing from clients and colleagues on what it all means. I'm joined by Andrew Gray, our Head of Brexit, Anna Wallace, Head of Political Relations, and Phil Brown, Senior Trade Advisor. I'm conscious you three have all been eating, breathing and sleeping Brexit for the last few days, so thank you for taking the time out to come and have a chat with me today. So Anna, coming to you first, as we often do, <laughs> so much seems to have moved since our last podcast. Quickly take us through what's happened since the last update. Well, it certainly has been a busy couple of weeks uh, and we've crossed some important uh, milestones in the Brexit journey, starting with the approval between the EU negotiators in the UK over the draft withdrawal agreement and a short document outlining the framework for the future relationship. That was then agreed by Cabinet. Uh, and then that's, I guess, where it started to go slightly wrong with, I think, at the moment, about eight resignations. Um, but let's not get sort of caught up in the politics just yet. The timeline after the cabinet approval uh, now is the 25th of November. That's when there will be a special summit in the EU where the council will sort of rubber stamp that agreement before the vote uh, in Parliament, the meaningful vote, which we expect will happen in early December. People expect perhaps around the week commencing the 10th of December. Okay. And that's where things, of course, get challenging. Most commentators at the moment expect that the UK government will lose that vote, at least the first time, some speculation that there might be a couple of votes in Parliament before the deal is approved. So in summary, we're one step closer, but we're definitely still a few hurdles away from total certainty from a business point of view. Um, from a political point of view, we touch wood at the moment of going uh, recording this. We haven't had enough letters to trigger a leadership contest. Yeah. But the thing that I would say is that from a business point of view, we're still very much in this deal or no deal territory. Because one thing I think that people overlook is that by default, by law, on the 29th of March, the UK will leave the EU. That is not impossible to turn around, but it is very, very difficult to reverse the current trajectory in the 130 or so days that are currently left of the Article 50 process. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for grounding us in that. Um, I'm going to come to you next, Andrew. Um, now, we've had the position for some time that a deal is more likely than no deal. Anna's clearly just touched on there some of the hurdles that we've still got to go through to get to that deal. Has your view changed with the recent developments? Well, I think we need to be cautious. So uh, having the political agreement is certainly a positive step forwards. Um, but it's still going to go through a legal ratification process. And, and as Anna suggested, time is tight. So we've really got to be mindful of the fact that the, in the remaining time, you know, firms still need to think about what their contingency plans are in the event of a no deal. Um, and in selected cases, perhaps move forward with some of those plans. OK, so expand a little bit on that for me, these contingency plans. What sort of things should people be moving ahead with now? So as we've talked about before, and uh, we had a recent blog by Katie Wallace, who advised of six areas of contingency planning. These will vary from organisation to organisation, but all businesses should look to those areas which are most relevant and also those areas which may take time to, to address. So things like increasing stock levels, making sure you know your suppliers and end-to-end -end supply chain and their Brexit exposures, uh, continue to look at issues around personal data and, and where it's held, make sure you've got the right approvals for licenses to be able to continue trading, uh, look at HMRC accreditations now, 
um, and also look at your systems, both for supply chain, but also your workforce. And I should make a point to listeners that you can find more about all of those areas on our website, pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit. Um, Andrew, one niche question, if I may, because you're, of course, also our expert on financial services. And clearly people in that sector have been waiting a lot of time to see what the agreement on the future relationship might contain on that. What do you think of what's being contained in the political declaration? Well, in one sense, the fact that financial services is specifically referred to, that is a positive, but uh, it doesn't actually help significantly at the moment. So the EU has been very clear that future relationships will be based on equivalence um, rather than passporting, which are you know more restrictive than, than, than is the case for uh, the current business models. So firms will really need to continue to push forward with their plans. Um, one of the things that the EU did specifically comment on is that in the event of a deal, then equivalence will be examined before the end of the transitional period. So it does indicate that there is some thought going to go into it. But again, at the moment, uh, no deal planning really is required by, by those in that industry. Right. Okay. Thank you. Um, Phil, I'm going to draw you in now. We, we've talked quite a lot there about no deal, but let's just pause for a minute and talk about the deal. I know you're leading a lot of our scenario planning with clients and preparing for the deal scenario, not just no deal. So what clarity do we have now on what the deal might look like? Well, the first thing to say is that most companies we're supporting now are rightly sort of focused on the no deal contingency planning. So that's the imperative. Having said that, when working with our clients to prepare their contingency plans, we do take into account the likely changes in the event of a deal to inform their decisions and when they take them. So, for example, the UK has set out its policy on settled status for EU nationals, which applies whether or not there is a deal or not a deal. So companies can and should be taking action now to communicate with their employees and put in place the appropriate support packages and plans. Whereas on the other hand, the situation on personal data is binary. So if there is a deal, we can be confident there will be no change, whereas without a deal, it will not be possible to transfer data from the EU to the UK without putting in place GDPR compliant measures. So in this case and in many others, companies should be assessing their exposure now, knowing what they need to do, but holding off taking action while they can. In terms of the future deal, at the moment, when recording this podcast, we only have seven pages, although we're told that there'll be more detail soon. So it's all pretty high level stuff. But we can already see that this is shaping up to be what, well, what I'd describe anyway, as a fairly standard, albeit nonetheless ambitious, free trade agreement on services with some form of customs union, along with single market rules for goods. OK, that's all helpful. Um, what still isn't certain, though, from what we've seen so far? Well, that's why I was careful to say some form of customs union, because logically that's where this is heading. This would retain frictionless borders for goods trade, but at the expense of striking new trade deals, sovereignty and long-term competitiveness. So for these reasons, and because the detail simply isn't yet ready, the future declaration may be slightly fuzzy on this, as well as other issues. And, and let's not forget, this is a political declaration, so it's not actually legally binding. So to some extent, it will change as negotiations and importantly, politics evolve. So to come back to your question, Emily, I think this gives companies a sense of the parameters and the direction of travel for the final deal, right. but they still need more clarity in order to, to make firm plans. Okay, so still quite a lot of uncertainty to work through then. Mm. Um, we've talked a lot about no deal contingencies and you've mentioned a few there. Andrew's clearly given us a list of things that businesses should be getting on with now for no deal. Are there any other things you'd add to that list so that they're as prepared as they can be for a deal scenario too? Well, 
it's absolutely right to be focusing on the contingency planning side of things, but there are a number of no regrets actions that will bring benefits in all circumstances and, and should be taken forward now. Indeed, many of those covered in our contingency planning blog that Andrew referred to earlier, such as knowing your supply chain, reviewing contracts, engaging your employees, these are no regrets activities. Okay. I mean, just looking slightly further ahead, uh, assuming there is a deal, companies should really be tracking the status of those negotiations so that they can prepare plans and take action once the details are firmed up. This clarity is it's going to emerge incrementally uh, over the coming days, uh, months, and I'm afraid years. Right, Anna. So just picking up on that, if we're going to track these negotiations, what should people be looking out for in the immediate future? Okay, well, I think the first thing I'd say, Phil alluded to it, is that we've got the summit on the 25th of November, but importantly, there might be some more detail published around that summit, around the shape of the future relationship. So we've had seven pages, some suggesting that there could be an additional 40 pages or so further um, uh, sort of illuminating businesses with what that relationship will look like. That will be really important for businesses. Okay. We'll be picking over the detail of that on our webcast on the 26th of November. Very good. Very important milestone. Um, and then really, it's probably going to go a little bit quiet again while the, the debate turns back to Parliament ahead of the meaningful vote in December. And as I said at the top, there might be more than one vote. So I think in that sort of period between the 10th of December and Christmas, it's going to be fiercely political, fiercely noisy, potentially, of course, leadership um, votes and all sorts of things in between there. But hopefully we might come out of that unscathed or at least with a semblance of a deal so that the European Parliament and the European institutions can approve in the new year ahead of the 29th of March. Very good. Right. Thank you all. I'm going to bring things to a close there. Um, this time I'd like to wrap up with one piece of advice from each of you for those listening. So, Anna, you were last talking. You go first. Well, I, I've said this to uh, clients before who have had um, who've had the pleasure of me coming to bore them with Brexit. It's don't read the papers, because the next few weeks that we are about to enter are going to be full of political noise and political machinations. And from a planning point of view, that's not the information that you need. Actually, businesses need to step back and concentrate on the horizon and what the deal and what no deal means for them. Great, thank you, Andrew. What's your tip? Yeah, I think it's really just hold your nerve. I mean, some changes that businesses will be required to make will take time. So it really is a case of focusing on those with the greatest lead time and making progress now. Right, great. And Phil, how about you? Uh, well, similar to me, similar to the others. From from me, I'd, I'd focus on those contingencies um, and contingency planning, but don't forget to advance your no regrets activities, as these will help you prepare for all eventualities, whether we have a deal or whether we don't. Great. Thank you all very much, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. Don't forget you can see all our latest updates on www.pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit. And feel free to follow myself, Andrew, Anna or Phil on Twitter to see our latest comments on events as they unfold. That's all for now. Back soon.